0: Hello and thanks for joining me for episode 4 of The Read Play. Today we are continuing our deep dive on the fundamentals of playing the harmonica with Joe Felisco. So far Joe and I have covered 3 of his 5 fundamentals and today's podcast on the 4th is an absolute monster. Joe and I spent over an hour kicking this one around and this episode comes in at around an hour and 15 minutes because we really geeked out on this one, there's a huge amount of detail here. The fourth fundamental is single notes and tongue blocking. So you're going to hear us talking about the challenges of starting to tongue block. If you feel you've already committed to lip pursing, the challenges of tongue block bends in the high and low register, which can be super tricky. How splits give you the option to play different genres of, of music like Cajun music how you can feather notes using tongue blocking, and just how long it can take to learn some of these techniques. There are a couple of tangents along the way, of course. Joe talks candidly about what's been important to him on his harmonica journey and how developing his own sound emerged as a bit of an accident. Thanks for all the support and interest in this podcast. We appreciate your feedback and, uh, and your comments. A quick shout out to Ron Sale, Aliando Nitsch, Bluesville Station, Yah Yah, Ulra, and Al who've been in touch. So please write a review and rate this podcast on your podcast platform if you have time. So, Joe and I really hope you enjoy this episode. So, let's get into fundamental number four single notes and tongue blocking. So, this is notes and tongue blocking. And this is, this is deeper than just single notes. This is a fascinating area in a sense, because when we talk about confidence around playing, uh, using tongue blocking and maybe people's reticence in certain scenarios to use it, what would be great to talk to you about is, uh, when we get into it is this idea that a lot of people start playing the harmonica lip-pursing, and then discover tongue blocking and then have to figure out a way to start integrating it into their playing. And it's that transition. It's, it's the fact that, that sometimes you have to go two steps back to go forward and you've really learned to play. So it's almost second nature to use your lips. So it's easy to go back to what you know. And I, I personally think for, for most people will probably pick up the harp and you know, play at lip pursing. And because of that, this is the single hardest transition players who want to get all these fundamentals down have to make. It's not like you're starting from the beginning and you've got Joe Felisco by your side and it's like, okay, this is how you do it. And you build up that, that approach day one. Most people's entry into tongue blocking comes after they've already ingrained some kind of habits and, 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 and approaches so i think this idea of confidence and this idea of i can't do it or i'm too far down the lip lip pursing path etc i think is a fascinating um area and i, I divide the tongue blocking journey into eight stages to make those transitions easier to reflect the fact that most people discover tongue blocking when they've already set sail And you don't have, you don't have that conversation at the dock. Like you were saying, if you could go back and give yourself some advice, you know, when you're setting sail and I didn't hear about tongue walking until I was a couple of years into it. Right. So I think more and more people are discovering it and picking it up early because of YouTube and and, and the the information out there. But still, I think this idea of confidence and people already feel that they've committed to a particular uh, technique kind of does get in the way. So I've sort of rambled on a bit there in terms of sort of the, the the setup, but I think that 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 transition element would be great to talk to you about that so in terms of how you think about the fundamentals around notes and tongue blocking, we've got several things here that you've you've noted down we've got clean single notes we've got splits and octaves, dirty notes splits and vamping and slapping so there's a lot in this in this one section do you do you want to Take us through that, maybe starting with the,
1: the clean single notes and the things that you have there. You betcha. I believe that you can listen to anybody that plays the diatonic harmonica, and you're going to hear uh, not more than five different types of sound. We started with the chord sounds, so let's just be real specific, and I'll say a chord is two complete single holes of the harmonica or more, two or more. Clean single notes tends to be uh, the main point of fixation and interest for people that play. And I think it's very self-defining. You're playing one individual uninterrupted hole of the harmonica, one only. For, For many players, that's the starting and the ending point. Now you also have splits and octaves. So anytime you want to play a split, an octave, now you must. Uh, I'm not aware of anybody doing it without using the tongue blocking. That means they'll have to stick their tongue out and cover uh, one, two, or more holes of the harmonica. And then they will essentially play with a double embouchure with like having two mouths. You'll be playing one note out of the right corner of your mouth and another note out of the left corner of your mouth playing, you know, uh, in that sort of manner, even a player like Paul Butterfield that is widely regarded as being a clean single note pucker player. Even he would use uh, octaves and intervals in this manner when he played, and the, so that's the these kind of it's those kind of sounds, right? In, exactly. The, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Octaves and and intervals. The other area, the fourth area, is dirty notes and splits. So this is the idea of playing a clean single note and, in a sense, contaminating it with a small amount. Of <laughs> of a adjacent hole on the harmonica. Usually it's the higher hole. That's the easier way to think of it. So if you play hole two, you let a little bit of hole three bleed in. You play hole three, you let a little bit of hole four bleed in. This was a, it's a very important technique. And I think it's very misunderstood. The value of it is that when you play dirty, Uh, with control, you are actually introducing not one new note into the sound, you're actually introducing two new notes into the sound. So the amount, the dirty note, the, the new note that's being introduced is your second note. And then you have what in music physics they refer to as the difference tone. And that is that big Rumbly low note that uh, an amplifier often will really pick up extremely well and makes the whole big sound and tone Chicago blues approach so compelling. The difference tone. Mm, this is yeah. definitely not relegated to cross harp. This is heard in the high end of first position playing too, uh, that third difference tone. Um, Do you you want to to give us a quick example of that? Yeah, just uh, on the low end of the harmonica. um, (laughs) (laughs) Everything I played had a little bit of an adjacent hole in it. Sonny Terry was absolute masterful uh, at that. Sonny Boy Williamson number one, same thing. He would take a lick like... And, and play that whole lick with this hint
0: Daddy.
1: this yeah. smoky, greasy hint of another hole bleeding through on the high end of the harmonica you can hear it that third note come out really clearly on the high uh, end of the harmonica. It tends to come out and be amplified a lot or exaggerated a lot clearer on the high end of the harmonica. So a player like jazz Gillum, um, you're going to hear that him use playing dirty, very skillfully getting out that third difference tone note. I think it's a really beautiful thing and, really unfortunately uh too
0: overlooked and and it just makes something sound that much more bluesy straight away doesn't it you can use it it's not necessarily about anger because you can you can play those dirty notes very softly and and and, and, and sensitively and even in if you are talking about the two and the three you know the, the kind of it's not about aggression or playing hard necessarily. If you have a, a kind of, you know, something very clean like that, if you're like, it, it just gives it a different a quality instantly, doesn't it? By by feathering in these other notes.
1: That is exactly the conclusion that I came to. Uh, if you play things clean, it's not going to have the same amount of blues horsepower that, Adding a little bit of controlled dirt in is so playing things dirty to my ear. And I think anybody I've ever run into, they're going to say the dirty version of the phrase, the lick, is going to sound bluesier than the clean version of it. Yeah.
0: And then we move on to, so we're going to circle back through through these, as, as I said. And then we then we've got vamping and and, and slap, uh, slapping. So you want to talk a little about about this again? For me, this is one of the defining, you know, differences and elements when we compare playing lip Uh
1: So the vamping slapping is a percussion technique, and it doesn't stand alone, meaning it's always used underneath or over a clean single note, a dirty note, or some kind of split. And that is essentially really what it is, is you're playing a lightning fast chord at the front end of your clean single note. Uh, It could be a dirty note or your split. And also just like we spoke about dirty playing, the vamping, slapping percussion sound just has a way that everyone agrees gives it a little bit more of a bluesy edge. It, make, it increases the blues horsepower to the lick or phrase that you're playing.
0: Yeah. So it's the equivalent, I guess, if we think about the draw four, if I'm, if I'm lip-pursing that and, and use, u- using my tongue to go to go. If I tongue block... It just moves it into a a different a completely different space in terms of not only how it sounds but also how it feels to to play it and the connection that you have to to the to the instrument because you it's almost like i feel like you're almost holding and caressing the harmonica in a different way when you're (laughs) activating and you and 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 using your tongue if, if that makes sense but that vamping technique to my ears in, in the lower range of the harmonica, say on one, two, and three, you can get pretty close in some instances with the kind of I'm lip-pursing that, you know? Mm-hmm. But, it, but as you move up the harmonica and start to go it breaks down very quickly to my ear. So this is the, the, the vamping tongue-slapping element, again, is, is for me one of the defining aspects of a kind of bluesy bluesy sound and when i again started playing i again was trying to figure out how and i get asked this all the time it's like oh what are you doing there and why 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 do i not sound like that and when you explain these these other bits and pieces uh because you you take the humble kind of in the clean notes it's just not particularly interesting but as as soon as you're And you get a bit of the slap in there. It's it suddenly, it's it suddenly becomes a lot cooler.
1: Well, I completely agree. It's it's like why pizza is so delightful. It's the layers, you know. You got the crust, but it's not necessarily an obvious layer. You got the red sauce. It, sometimes you don't see it because it's underneath the cheese. Uh, cheese is another layer, and then you got the toppings on it. And a pizza is not just one. Layer. It's not just the toppings, the most obvious thing to see. It's all those things underneath. And, and another way of thinking of it is a tree isn't just what you see above ground. It's got a tremendous root system that keeps it all up. So to my ears, I 100% agree with you that it's that underneath those hidden layers that, well, they're not hidden, but they're not as obvious as the clean single note thing that's happening and to my ear i hunger for those deeper layers that really support the sound and and go make the harmonica special these are the things that the harmonica can do that uh, other wind instruments can't do and i when when musically appropriate of course i like to play them and exploit them they're not necessarily always musically appropriate but man when playing blues and a lot of roots type music yeah
0: it's that idea of going beyond the tab and going beyond the note you know saying oh it's a draw two okay it's draw two no no it's draw two but (laughs) and a whole lot of other stuff right it's not just here's a bunch of notes and i'm playing Duke or here's a whole bunch of stuff it. And it's like, no, (laughs) you're not going to get that sound unless you get these other layers. And to my, to my money, when you look at the greats alive or, or dead, they, you know, they all had this, this ability. I think Kim Wilson does this kind of um, adding this extra layer to the single notes using tongue slapping, uh, William Clark, I, I remember there's a. I can't remember the name of the tune now. It's really an, a, annoying me, but it's one, one of the instrumentals on Tip of the Top, and there is a twelve bar passage in there where he hits this this riff, going around between ju- just between the the whole two whole five, and I I listened to that for years. Just that one that, that one passage, just trying to get the way that he used the uh the the vamping and the slapping in there which just elevated it just to a completely different uh level because when you when you do the vamping and slapping you you're then combining the time in there it's like how you slap and introduce them so you can always get the syncopation and the backbeat and so again it's another
1: (laughs) another level there right i that's the stuff i like it's the stuff that gets me excited yeah
0: so, if we circle back round to talking about clean single notes, so obviously when we're tongue blocking, we're talking about a fundamental mechanic of playing. Being able to isolate a clean single note is is is, is something that you that you've got to do. So, one thing I I wanted to ask you is tongue blocking. Let's say you're someone who's already lip pursing is now trying to 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 integrate it tongue blocking and bending with tongue blocking and, and and we should say that you can play bends and overblows tongue blocked right it's not like you can't bend tongue blocking you all the players that we're talking about big water halton etc would, would do all their, their bends tongue block but when when we're talking about getting into the lower end of the harmonica tongue blocked say on a on an a harp or a g harp we're getting those draw two bends or those accurate bends on the draw three. And then we think about doing those uh Jimmy Reed style blow bends in the, in the high end. That can be tricky. Um Well, I, I found, I found it tricky. I still find it tricky in the high, in the high end to do those tongue blocks. So what, what's your view in terms of, you know, this is a fundamental as a, as a player is, is it a case of, okay, Monday I'm a lip purser. And Tuesday, I'm I'm now going to commit to tongue blocking and try and tongue block everything. Or, uh, you know, are there ways to handle that transition? What do what, what, what you What are your thoughts of that? And because you've been teaching for thirty years and you you've you've seen different players and their journeys, are 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 able, are people able to make that switch straight away, or does it take time?
1: I personally have found that I might get a new person in the class that has been playing by their own means. And I try to be very clear with people that the approach that I use to teaching is highly tongue block driven. And they should just believe that it's, if you can stick your tongue out, then you can tongue block and just get used to doing it and get comfortable doing things that don't require the skill of bending initially. um, I, I really think that that is an important thing. If someone's relationship to the harmonica is trying to play clean single notes from the beginning, if that's their focus, then think about how much we talked about already that had to do with things that had nothing to do with playing clean single notes. Sure. This is the root system that I'm talking about. If you can't play a chord rhythmically like this, then you're not going to be able to play a clean single note phrase rhythmically like that. The two the two are related. So so much of this is really based upon we want to build a tall building. You first got to dig a hole in the ground and start to think about laying down a foundation. And that's where a lot of the chordal stuff comes from. Even the idea of becoming more conscientious about the different breathing demands that playing blues has. If you pick up the harmonica and you're trying to bend, but you're bending, and you're all pumped up and full of air and you're trying to learn tongue blocking, you have everything against you. You know, you're trying to build the fifth story and you don't have anything that resembles a foundation happening on the harmonica. So my answer always for how to go about learning the tongue blocking uh, as a jumping off point is to just learn Uh, phrases, learn some licks, riffs that you can do with your puckering embouchure and learn to do them tongue blocking. Uh, Some of the other things are developing the old timey Fox Chase Lost John chordal groove that goes from a clean single note to a chord. This... If you can't do stuff like that, then you know you're you're not going to be able to pick up the harmonica and bend using the tongue blocking. It's right. more advanced. I, I I think somebody needs to come out and say, and this is very controversial, but I don't mind really being controversial. Uh, bending is not a beginning technique. Bending is an advanced technique. As a intermediate player, you should be working on bending to some degree, but not if you can't play musical sounding things on the unbent notes. You got to keep it focused on being musical. And there's so much music that can be found on the unbent notes of the harmonica. um, You need to build up a repertoire and some confidence there in that area. Yeah. But I think people are going to be drawn
0: just especially in cross position to the bluesier notes, which are accessed via the bends. And that, and, and and that in a sense is the trap where you don't build these, these fundamentals out. And it's easy to understand why, because you, you want to get the the flat five and the, and the minor third and the, and the dominant seventh and so on. And I think when you, start to tongue block that you very quickly realize, or well, certainly for me, that different harps have different characters. You know, but play, playing an F harp is very different to playing a G harp. Do you know what I mean? In terms of the, the way the reeds feel and respond. And so the way you, you, you can't do that draw three half step bend on an F harp with the same force and approach that you do on a G harp for example, it's the lifting two different in quotes weights because of the, 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 the reed characteristics. So you've got to, you've got to refine your technique. So you, so you, so you can do that. And, and, and I guess the same applies if you're lip pursing as well, but I but I find it's really amplified when you, when you tongue block, but I, I guess what you're saying is if you're already lip purse, learn the, the, the stuff and the effects and the uh, and the slaps and the long jong thing that we, we've talked about, and then learn to isolate those single notes and try and play some of the licks you already have. Lip purse, uh, tongue blocking. But how quickly or how easy do you find people are able to pick it up in the in the high register? Is that something you you find people can pick up pretty easy?
1: Um, I think when you ask that question, you're sort of implying them picking it up in the high register and bending is that yes. correct yeah yeah i f- if you want okay you want to get into the high note bending let's 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 well, try I, that I,
0: well i guess that my, my, my question around this tension of playing single notes tongue blocked i think you can pick up the technique to isolate a single note and play without bends up and down the harmonica relatively straight forward when you start introducing the bends and getting the accuracy that really comes out in the upper in the extremities of the harmonica either down down in the low end particularly on the draw three and then when you get up into the, the high register because of the control that you need and the horsepower as well i find just in terms of the, the the technique. So I guess what I'm saying is putting aside someone isolating a single note and being able to play up and down. As soon as you get into the bends, do you, do you believe that, or is it your experience having taught for over 30 years that people struggle with the bending in the lower end more than the high end or the other way around? or Or in your opinion, actually, once you've got it, actually it's the same wherever you go.
1: Um, boy, oh boy. See, we go back to bending being an advanced technique. I try to break down bending into a couple categories. One being ornamental, that being the ability to sort of in part maybe a a twa kind of sound in the middle range of the harmonica right. that'll allow the note to bend upwards into pitch
0: Little and then scoop. maybe,
1: yeah, uh, that's yeah. commonly called that or the downwards out of pitch is I find that that's a, the best starting point for anybody learning blues. The next phase would be Ideally, full bends, not, not to be confused with full step bends, but a full bend. That would be flattening the whole of the harmonica in pitch as low as it can possibly go. And a really good place for that would be hole four, five, and hole six. All of those inhaling notes are capable of going flat. The middle bends to me are the the uh, Jedi Master area of bending that you can overshoot anybody. Yeah, you can overshoot or undershoot. Anybody, including myself, has to want it bad to play it in tune. They are they're difficult. They're difficult for everybody. But if you're playing blues on the harmonica and you are wailing on hole four or wailing on hole five, you're not going to hit a wrong note. So now check this out. As you begin to develop some skill bending, you can move up the range of the harmonica of the harmonicas. Get yourself a D harmonica. If you can bend hole five and six skillfully, On your D harmonica, you possess exactly, 100% exactly the same technique that you need to bend holes seven and eight on a G harmonica, exhaling. One of the things that people really get confused, terribly confused about bending is when the breath changes from inhaling to exhaling, and people confuse this idea that if I'm inhale bending, I'm making some kind of motion of my tongue going backwards. And so therefore, if I'm exhale bending, I'm making a motion of my tongue going forwards. Completely wrong. That is a completely wrong approach to doing it. And it's one of the arguments on why when you're doing the exhaling, notes on the high end of the harmonica you should be tongue blocking because your tongue when tongue blocking by the mere definition is already set forward in your mouth not back in your mouth if you're doing it from a puckering thing it's easy to get the notes to break and crack in a manner that you would hear like with feedback coming through an amplifier now, that I'm not proclaiming that bending with the tongue blocking is easier on the high notes because bending on the high notes is difficult flat out. And it's difficult for more of a reason of physics, I think, than anything else, which is like if you look at the notes on a guitar neck, the higher you go up the neck the shorter the distance it is from one note into another. And that's a very relevant thing when you're playing the harmonica because the amount of space, the amount of change that takes place in your mouth when you bend hole two down all the way, when when you go up to hole 10... It's about one quarter the distance that your mouth changes. It's not a vast distance. So that is a really big reason why bending the high notes uh, can be very difficult. So I'm going to reiterate really quickly, which is if you can bend the inhale notes on a D-harp, five and six, you possess the identical technique that you need to bend the exhale notes on a G-harp, seven and eight. Uh, the only thing that is different is your exhale breathing instead of inhale breathing. And then it goes up the range of the harmonica. So if you can bend five and six inhaling on an F harp, then you possess the identical technique and skill it takes to bend seven and eight exhaling on a B flat harmonica.
0: Right. Yeah. That's super useful. And I, and I, and I ask this just because mainly from personal experience because i i can play the high that high end lip burst and tongue blocking and i find the tongue blocking approach you know on the bends much harder m- much harder and it's something i've had to actively work on and and harder in every respect in terms of putting vibrato on the the notes ho- holding on to a bend you know i can get a bend and and it'll want to creep back up a lot more than when I do it lip purse. I, in fact, I don't even have to think about it when I, when I'm lip pursing, I'm still, you know, working on that. And I, and I have to remind myself in certain situations, say at a jam or whatever, or when, when I want to in quotes play well, I will sometimes <laughs> find myself wanting to revert back to lip pursing some of that high, high end stuff, you know, all, all my fast, high end runs, I do tongue blocking where I'm just using bends as a passing note. So I tongue block all of those. But if I'm sustaining a note or if I'm doing, you know, some of that Sonny Boy Williamson, trust my baby type stuff, then I really have to actively say, I'm committing to this, you know, I'm gonna be like Mitch Cashmire or, you know, or, or, or Joe Felisco and go with that particular sound. So from a teaching perspective, it sounds to me like you are very much dividing it in certain phases and getting this root system in place and then building up that technique in the low register. And then if you can do certain things on certain keys, say on the the five and six, as you say, then you can, you can then do that exhaling and, but that, but you're not going to be able to do it all straight away.
1: It does require skill and work. Yeah, I, I I feel fairly confident. It the tongue is a muscle or collection of muscles that is capable of some amazing things. Just how you use it when you speak, just how you use it when you chew food and swallow food. It's amazingly skilled. You just have to conscientiously learn to make it do different things and so yeah you have to pull your tongue out of its comfort zone make it do some new stuff um that's what it comes down to
0: yeah and just before we move on to the next one because this is this this is a deep dive really getting into stuff here in terms of clean single notes as a kind of fundamental when talking about you know blues and, and, and traditional players uh playing styles if we talk about the, the, the tone and the, and the sound, earlier in the discussion, there's this idea that a lot of the reasons to tongue block are not, not necessarily about the tone, they, they just give you this, these different options, right? You, you, you talk about it being like a one finger piano player, right? In this area around clean single notes, especially when combined with the vamping and the, and the slapping, there, there is a tonal thing here to my ears that takes it somewhere else that if you want to get that particular sound, especially in the mid range of the harp, then the tongue blocking is, is, is pretty much essential.
1: One of the first things I said is if I could go back in time and tell myself something as a young beginning player, what would it be? And it would be tongue block.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, the next area is splits and octaves. So we've, we've already outlined what, what, what that is. I think what's interesting here though, is that there are different types, right? So depending on, even if you're doing a two hole split. So in other words, your tongue is blocking two holes. You, as you move up the harmonica to get that octave, there are places where you need to block three and there are, you know, uh, one hole splits and, and, and so on. And you would use that to get into other different styles like Cajun music, for example, which you, which you play. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because as you know, pers- personally, I really struggle with the one hole split stock, the octave kind of style just is uh, is fairly easy to, to pick up, but it's great when you do, because you can, for me, that's that route into that kind of horn section sound. And if you can do that, it's just going to add so much, Uh, possibilities coming back to being part of the ensemble. If you can do, especially in that Chicago West coast backing to be able to use the octaves, it's, it's, it's really powerful. So the splits, but it it doesn't stop at octaves, does it?
1: A very defining moment for me as a harmonica player uh, was being deep in love with playing Cajun music on the harmonica and having A guest accordionist uh, come to my class and actually say, proclaim, this accordion only has two chords, (laughs) a C chord when I squeeze it and a G7 chord when I pull it apart. Now, (laughs) I don't want to go into slamming myself here because I have been capable of some amazingly ignorant, uh, uninformed things. But I had always assumed when I was listening to a Cajun accordion, I was listening to an uh, instrument with, you know, at least three chords capable of being played. Not the case. And it really was revealing because immediately I thought, wow, if the Cajun accordion is tuned just like the harmonica, then that means the harmonica should be able to sound just like the Cajun accordion. Yeah. And so it really opened up and it got me f- looking about all the chordal possibilities and all the split possibilities, quite simply allowing the harmonica to sound more like an accordion. I, I bring up the idea of thinking like an accordionist a lot when I'm playing and a lot when I'm teaching or lecturing, because it it's about, recognizing what is there, what the potential is, but has nothing to do with bending. What is the regular note layout? And so really that's what it is when it comes to uh, Cajun music. I, I did this little fun project recently where I put up a whole big mess of myself playing the song, when the saints go marching in, in different styles and playing it in a, Cajun style. If I do it here on the A harmonica, I'm actually going to play it in cross harp, which is not intuitive. Straight harp is. But if I do it in cross harp,
0: It's, it's, it's such a cool sound. I mean, you, you switched me on to this sound actually, and I think for people listening, the easiest way to get into it, if you can already do splits, is to go up to that draw seven, and where if you want to get the octave, you have to go to three holes, but don't. So you keep the on pressure. So if you want the, it's that sound. And to me, it just makes me smile straight away. It's such a cool, but then if you want to play that everywhere, then you've got to be able to do these single hole splits for a lot of it. So I guess to, and it'd be great to hear, hear you demonstrate a bit more of those sounds. But coming back to this idea of fundamentals and the 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 mechanics, when we talk about splits, there are different flavors of it. And and the the kind of octave double hole split is fairly accessible to to people to pick it up. And then you have the logistics of being able to play that embouchure and move around comfortably so on and so forth but if you then that's just the start because you, again you're using the 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 tongue to change the width and so on you can access these other sounds right so do you do you, do you want to give us a, an example of a more of a Cajun, a Cajun tune or um a little bit of those one
1: whole splits um, the, what you're referring to is a one hole split. I would refer to that. I'd call that a split three, uh, thus implying that there's three holes in your mouth and you're splitting them, thus blocking one hole okay. out in, in the middle. Um, this is three holes in your mouth and you need, need to make your tongue pointy so that it only blocks out the one hole of the three. And uh, if I'm playing in cross harp, everywhere that I'm exhaling, I can use the split three for the four chord because that's it, is the same chord. Yeah, CG CG I, on, I think, right? Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. When I'm playing in cross harp and I'm playing. Uh, Over the five chord, then it really becomes essential because you don't have a five chord, but you have the whole uh, Four and six And you get that fifth that that really beautiful fifth thing So that's a really important part for Uh, Cajun music, uh, being able to get that for the five chord. There are many Cajun songs written in straight harp, but the bottom falls out a little bit more when you go to the four chord because the five-hole inhale note is the lowest note on your harmonica that captures the the feel of that four chord. So it's a little trickier there in the straight harp position.
0: But this is, I, I remember when I first heard you do this, I i, I just, what was not And I've been playing for a long time and I just hadn't run into this idea of, of, of Cajun harmonica or the idea of the, the harmonica sounding like an, you know, an accordion. I hadn't really, you know, just, I hadn't heard it anywhere. Just, I guess, living in London, but also just uh, the music that I was listening to at the time. And I, I remember when you, when you told me about this, I'd, I'd never even conceived that this was possible. And, and, and when you stop and think about it again, just just from a mechanical perspective, okay, you're tongue blocking and you're blocking two holes. Let's say you're getting the octave between the, the draw, draw one and draw four. But okay. So why can't you block the the two hole and just get the one and the three? Uh, and, and it's kind of obvious after the fact. Uh, and again, a lot of people will pick this up very easily just because of the mobility that they have in their time people like me really struggle with it and again it's 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 one of those things where different people will have different experiences of about how hard they will have to work to pick things up and that's the luck of the draw but i i'm, I'm always very open about the things that i struggle with uh and um that there's a lot of things that i you know i can't do even though i've been playing you know over 30 years now and this being one,
1: I'm- really happy to hear about your love for Cajun music. Uh, Definitely. We are on the same page. Um, So keep in mind that many of these Cajun songs were written certainly by an accordion player that had to make something musical within the limitations of the tuning on the Cajun accordion. So, you know, when we are talking about a Cajun accordion, we're talking about a, like just the white keys on a piano no black keys and some of the white keys missing so just like the harp exactly it's exactly like they're twins right in a a way Uh, that completely twins and and that is why it's so exciting when you hear the fullness of the cajun accordion and you know that you have some uh ability to access that on the harmonica here's a great cajun song to play on the diatonic harmonica bayou pompon it's a two chord song it just uses the one chord and the five chord same thing with the a harmonica
0: You just, just jump the, straight out at me, you know. You just think, "Wow, well, hold on, what is that sound?" Especially lower end, It's it's fantastic, but it but it's a form of it's another form of tongue blocking, right? So,
1: yeah, tongue blocking. The breath pulse is a really big part of it, and of course, you have to memorize the tuning of the harmonica so that you're you're uh, not playing notes that really don't belong. It's much easier on a song like that because the only chords in the song are the only chords on the harmonica. (laughs) That'll do nicely. Yeah.
0: So, so that, so that's a bit about splits. We talked a little bit about dirty notes and, and, um, what, and what they are, I think maybe, is there something around again, just in the same way that you have, you can play a single note lip pursing and you can play it tongue blocking, you can get dirty notes, lip pursing, right? So when we think about taking a tongue blocking approach, is there, is, is there any difference there? Any, any kind of advantage from your, your perspective? Or is it, is it just as, a, as someone who plays that way for the reasons that should be obvious by now, that's just how you do it. But is there any difference you think between doing that lip pursing and tongue blocking?
1: Well, I think it, the answer is the lack of potential sound. If you are playing the harmonica from a lip puckering pursing point of view, then you're probably thinking about what is the next clean single note I'm going to play. And then what's the next clean single note I'm playing after that. If you play the harmonica from more of a tongue blocking standpoint, you're much more apt to think about sound because if I'm playing whole four breathing in as a clean single note, But I'm tongue blocking. I can, with almost no effort, uh, take my tongue off and play the chord. I can slightly shift my tongue so that I open up hole one. I'm not. I'm not moving any musculature. Just my tongue. I can slightly change the way my lip is uh, on the high end and introduce some dirt. I can do that and introduce the low octave. And I can even do that with a tongue flutter in the middle. Or I could go back to playing a clean single note, and from the viewpoint of a uh, of a listener, of an observer, they are going to see almost no uh, change in the way my face is, my lips are, my jaw is. Everything is going to remain pretty consistent. So h- here be the idea. These are subtle
0: movements, in other words. Yes, they're, they're subtle yeah. movements. See what's going on. That that. You don't have to move your tongue that much to to switch from, from the four to the one, for example, or to do the bleeding that you were talking about. So it's quite subtle, isn't it?
1: If you aspire to doing it as well as possible, yes, the movement should be subtle, imperceivable. So when you're playing hole four, hole one is sort of like a muted note. Your finger is right above the piano keyboard and you drop it that half inch, boom, you got that note there if you want it. So when I'm playing... I'm continuously of this mindset of getting sound out of the harmonica, not, not just notes, but sound. So wherever I am, I'm have this, this, Option going through my head, scrolling through my head. Can I play an octave or an interval? What's an appropriate octave or interval at this moment? Should I use the tongue slapping when I attack this note or not? Can I play this note dirty? How will it sound? How much dirt should I use when I play this? I have this list of options available that if you're using the puckering, it's a far, far shorter list understood and in terms of
0: vamping and and slapping this idea again you you, I've seen you do this before the way that you use that to fire a note using the block the way that Sonny Boy Williamson too did you you want to talk a little about that again because because again I'd I'd never I'd never heard of this and I'd listen to those records a lot and um, but actually when I when I hear you do it oh yeah okay right that makes sense do you want to talk a little bit about that
1: yeah so a uh, real brief history lesson uh, if you listen to early recordings of the harmonica uh, you'll often hear self-accompaniment this idea of very much like d ford bailey in that sort of way. So I'm using my tongue rhythmically to create a chordal accompaniment beneath uh, myself. When you look at the harmonica in blues, when it starts to become incorporated into blues, you don't really often hear the self-accompaniment, but you hear that percussive sound, that, that quick chordal sound, you hear that used to drive the harmonica and make it more explosive. So, you know... that crunching sound, which is very, very characteristic of Chicago blues. It's, uh, it almost is, you can almost make an argument that if you don't hear that it's not Chicago style blues, but the player, Rice Miller, uh, Sonny Boy Williamson, he kind of had a little different take on that. So he would, generate that sound starting from the full tongue block going back to you would think what why would I need to learn a full tongue block well this very ultra quick explosive vamping slapping sound from rice miller sunny boy number two comes from a full tongue block I'm starting blocking everything, creating back pressure, snapping my tongue off and instantly replacing it so that the clean single note emerges. Very, very mysterious sound. And it's easy to understand why people would think his edgy front of the mouth piercing tone is a puckering tone. But I don't know how you can create that—that that really lightning quick vamping sound from a puckering embouchure.
0: Yeah, yeah, fascinating. So there's another step involved compared to just the tongue slap, which is normally what most players would do. Certainly, what I would do is—is is I would start breathing in with my tongue off, and then connect to the to to make the seal around the 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 note but you but you're saying is is actually the other possibility is it's blocked and there's a rapid lift off and back on it's a whole other uh, other step which i guess creates the pressure around the read which gives you that snap
1: that's the way i'm doing it dave barrett refers to that as the pull slap awesome so that is
0: notes and tongue blocking so that is the fourth area. So we've done chords. We've been speaking about active blues, breathing chords and tongue blocking. And today we've been talking about notes and tongue blocking. So we've gone pretty, pretty deep on those before we want to m- move on to the, to the next and final area of the five. Is there anything that we haven't touched upon within the sort of notes and tongue blocking area that you feel we should, uh, we, we you know, we should
1: cover. Yes. In brief, many people that identify as being a pursing, lipping, puckering player still play octaves, which are impossible to play as far as I know without using tongue blocking. So you already have a starting point for learning tongue blocking. You just have to go from your octave split and learn how to adjust the size and shape of your tongue so that you cancel out that low note of the octave. That's another launching place for uh, developing tongue blocking skill um, if you don't think of yourself as a clean single note tongue blocker. Start with the octave and learn to turn off that low note.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's that's your entry point. And again, you'll find actually... The movement's actually quite subtle. It takes less than you, you think. I describe it almost like thinking about your shoulders, you know, and you've got your tongue against the, the harmonica. And it's almost like you're just rolling one shoulder a little bit more, pushing a little bit more on, on one side with that lean. And you'll find, yeah, you filter out one or the other notes. And yeah, the f- starting filtering out the low note is the way in, I think. And then great things happen
1: i like that (laughs) yeah uh, it's not
0: it's not a big complicated thing i think people overthink it and and attach some kind of mystery to it but i think the fog the fog is clearing as i said with a lot of youtube material and 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 to be able to have these kind of discussions you know people have access to incredible amounts of information But I I think particularly in this area where where we've been speaking, I still think the biggest hurdle for people, as I said, is they've already set sail with a lip-pursing style. And it's the act of having to sort of partly undo, or the sense of thinking they have to partly unwind part of the basket that they've already woven. And, And some people just don't want to do that. And some things just, the first time you try and, you know, tongue block, a full bend on the draw two, if you haven't learned to do it on an easier hole, say the draw four or the draw six, it can seem totally impossible. And you may just give up right there because, oh, I just can't do it. It's easy to get put off, I think in this, in this area, but if you spend the time learning some of the other, you know, effects or the other ways that you can use your tongue, you're then going to find it easier to, to do the single the single notes and and the bends. As you say, it's an advanced technique. It's not something you can just jump straight into, lip pursing or tongue blocks.
1: I Well, I completely agree. Um, I had only been teaching professionally for a few years when I realized that, you know, I thought I could do this, but I can't teach somebody to tongue block, or excuse me, I can't teach somebody to bend I can definitely point out what they're not doing right. I can point out the errors and the bad habits in their attempts to bend, but to teach somebody to bend, um, I, I have my serious doubts about that. And it relates to, it's not a beginning technique. It's an advanced technique that someone has to have some mileage happening on their harmonica playing before they can try to, get that dialed in and make that function. Absolutely. And
0: and actually in a way I find it easier to explain to people how to do a bend tongue blocked than lip pursing actually, because the mechanics of how you hit that bend for me, when you're tongue blocking, it's to do with the, the height of your tongue in relation to the roof of your mouth and how far back or forward that part of your tongue is so if you want to tongue block on the high end you're moving a lot more of the front of your mouth uh, sorry the the front of your tongue upwards whereas if you're trying to do a you know a two draw bend on a g it's it's more to do with the back it's more of the car part of your tongue going upwards and i've worked with people before who say oh i can't bend and when you get them to zone in on what part of their tongue is moving upwards like the way it's curled Mm -hmm. that you can get a a handle on that and they can start you know scooping the note a little bit and 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 start to get that pitch variation in there i almost find it harder to get that across with with lip pursing but i think Mm -hmm. if i was an out and out lip purser then i would probably be able to articulate it a bit better (laughs) yeah brilliant Okay, so next we're going to go on to the final area, which is riffs, licks, hooks, and songs. Yeah, as it says, riffs, licks, hooks, and songs that you should have in your repertoire, which will help build these fundamentals. Did you enjoy
1: that? In terms of the immensely, chat? immensely, I, I, I need this. This is like for this new era. This is like what I need for my mental health. I would love to
0: find some time so you could teach me some, some Sonny Terry stuff, you know, the rhythm and some of the, the Cajun things when I get the one whole split, that would be great. A great fun. Um, because I, 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 you know, I don't have it. I I guess in that style, I kind of own have my own style in a way, but it, it would be great to get closer you know to that and then you have more options of what you kind of turn into your own thing which is what you've done right you have your own style within the genre that you that you're going for but you've built you've built that style by learning to imitate other other players and learn from the from the, the masters who've gone before right
1: i swear to you that i am not one of these people that set out to have his own style i i set out to be able to fully understand as much as possible all the styles of the players that I loved and then ultimately laziness caused me to fail to practice those and then the default what I end up with is my own style i guess but i, I don't I'm,
0: think people could accuse you of being lazy joe i think you I'm you, truly you, not <laughs> proud if
1: i have my own style i don't really care it's it's always been more important to me to understand the styles of the masters
0: but as, as as you've toured more with eric and as you've probably tandem with the singing right and and writing your own materials would it be true to say having your own in quotes voice and style has become more and more important to you than than this this act of of understanding and getting under the under the hood of the music
1: I don't think so. Um, Maybe, but when I think of what Eric and I are doing, we are trying to put together collections, you know, song collections when we release that display the widest variety of playing styles that we possibly can. So that when we're doing blues, I mean we want our dark blues to be as dark and nasty and spooky as possible. And when we're doing a light blues tune, you know, we want it to be not as fierce and much more major pentatonic sounding. When we do Cajun-ish stuff, I want it to sound as much like a Cajun accordion as possible. When I'm doing a tribute to a certain player, as much as I'm capable of, I'm trying to make it sound like a, lost recording by this guy that was just recently discovered right Uh, right. and and it's it's just truly like being overwhelmed or lazy to not really go into things and try to make it even more like that tonally or in terms of the attack or in terms of the nuance of pitch or tongue blocking or whatever so you know trying to I would say, yes, there are tunes that I would say the only way I could describe them is it's my own style. If you listen to our instrumental sixth sense, that's probably my own style, which is a fusion of all this bizarre stuff that I've taken in. And I guess I've come to terms with nobody, no other living player would have ever done anything so weird. So I guess I'm guilty and it is my style. But that's kind of rare because normally I'm trying to call upon the spirit of of a player that I really liked in the past. Yes,
0: yes. But with your own with your own music, though, you're, presumably it's about self expression. And although that you are, it's in the style of blues or it's in the style of Cajun, and you're drawing upon techniques and the sentiment that fits with that music if it's a piece of original music and you've got your own lyrics on it and so on and so forth, you'll be trying to express something which won't literally be a knockoff of another player, right?
1: Well, I feel like I can be very self-expressive in the style of Sonny Terry or in the style of Big Walter or in the style of any of these players. It's just, it's like cooking but you have a limited amount of spices that you have to work with. You know, right. if I'm doing Sonny mm. Terry, I know that I can't be playing octave splits. That's not a part of his style. I know the tone has to be a lighter, edgier, breathier tone. It can't be big Walter, Kachunk chunk uh, style yeah. tone. And so to me, those are the tools that I... I make myself work with in my toolbox and I feel like it helps me to be more conscientious of the limitations and try to really work with those limitations and exploit the good stuff within those limitations and not feel like I'm limited. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. I get it. And it Cajun music. I mean, golly, you are so, limited with some of the choice of intervals and things that you can do over the chord changes. But to me, that's exciting because it makes me focus and exploit that stuff that's limiting. And I personally feel like I can be tremendously self expressive through those limitations. And it excites me as opposed to feeling like, it's an infinite number of limitations. I like having parameters. The parameters. Actually, that, that, that's kind of
0: sparked another thought, actually, that I think is worth dropping in, in here because around the splits in this Cajun sound, what I think is so significant about that and learning to be able to do that is it sounds different so when you play the harmonica and you play the blues, which is what a lot of people associate with the harmonica, you know, around the draw four to the draw, you know, draw two, that, that, that kind of space. And you learn and you want to learn that little Walter style. All of a sudden, when you realize the exactly the same instrument and exactly the same tuning can produce that Cajun sound, there's something beautiful in that, that it gives you a completely different world to play in musically now that's that style and that music is is not is not for everyone but i think if people who like irish music or folk music the stuff brendan power plays joel anderson i hear that stuff and and it's completely different from chicago blues which is a testament to the flexibility and the variation in the harmonica and when i hear it especially with a banjo or another instrument, it's fantastic. It's party music. It's brilliant. And so if you learn to do those splits, you're opening the door to a completely beautiful territory and genre that the harmonica is very, very at home in that is completely different from chicago blues and little walter so it just gives you especially if you're playing acoustically in a, in a in a small setting and for most most harmonica players hobby players amateur players people who aren't professional that you know they're not on the road they're not touring you know they're, they're they're playing at home or you know in small informal settings right that's how that's how most of us play these days so being able to enter that cajun world or enter that Sonny Terry world opens up this huge amount of variety and fun musically with the same instrument as opposed to the Sonny Boy Williamson, the Little Walters, all of that, all of that kind of great stuff. I think that's that's the other for me, kicking this around with you, that's really sort of hit like a light, a lightning bolt that without getting this fundamental of these splits and this tongue blocking style you don't have a ticket to that particular
1: show does that make sense makes perfect sense um and i completely agree with you i I definitely think somehow we're we're related man (laughs) you, you are a brother from a different mother for sure um if you can sit in on a Cajun jam session, if you know the melody, if you don't know the melody, you're you going to be asked to leave. I mean, that's a requirement. you got to know the melody.
0: <laughs> I can see that coming. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and if you play the melody with clean single notes, well, I mean, that's all right, but that doesn't access the cool stuff that the harmonica has. And this is something that is so wonderful about you is that you hear the different techniques that support the clean single note melodies in Cajun music or Chicago blues music or old time music. And that to me is really what I'm all about. Understanding what techniques make that genre of music special. Um, I was really trying to get that point across when I put together the mess of when the saints come marching in that I put on YouTube of me playing it in a Chicago blues style, in a Cajun style, in an old-time style, in a folk style, in Sonny Terry style, on and on. Um, I think often people talk about playing in the you know different styles of music, but they're not talking about playing in that style of music in a way that makes the instrument special. They're just playing the same clean single notes licks. In all genres of music that they participate in. And that to me is not very interesting. Uh, It might be musical, but it's, it's not very interesting because it doesn't bring out the special qualities that the harmonica has that you and I are so hot about.
0: Yeah. And the difference between you and I is that you can do those things and I can only do some of them. You know, I can't play that Cajun <laughs> style. And uh, a lot of, you know, the, 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 when I hear Joel Anderson play, for example, it, it's ridiculous. The skill he has with the the tongue, the tongue switching style. But yeah. I, I I think that this point around a variety, musical variety, and, and, and options has really sort of come out in, in, in this last part of the, of the conversation, because if I stand up at a jam session, I, and, and someone says, or, or, or let's say I'm, I'm sitting around and I'm going to play two or three tunes solo to a bunch of people or whatever. Okay. They're going to be in the blue, the blues style, right? I, I probably do a shuffle of slow blues and a, and a kind of, but where I get the variation is I can do a little bit of country blues which gives me a bit of breadth, okay? But you're able to take that much, much further. And if you can play that Cajun style and these kind of splits, you really are adding a completely new galaxy or universe um, to play in. So you're, a- you're able to deliver, deliver songs which are truly different to that kind of Chicago uh, blues sound, which is great, and, 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 we, and we love that sound but this getting that fundamental aspect of being able to use your tongue in that way. Yes. You can apply it within Chicago blues and, and country blues, but it also then opens up this other genre where as you've explained the, the harmonica is so closely twinned with the accordion, Uh, you know, they're blood brothers. So, so being able to tap into that style, and uh, if you like Cajun music, just to know, I love Buckwheat, Zydeco and all that kind of stuff. And so to know that I could play a little bit about that, if I could do these one hole splits, which I can't yet, then it'd be a happy days. I think that's the other, the, the, the other important point here. It's not just about tongue block to get a bigger sound, you know, as we've talked about, it's different options, different effects sounds possibilities but it's also genres
1: that's the point here it's different genres i might say it it could be more accurately stated tongue block to get the most sound
0: awesome thank you so much man it's great right on uh, great
1: great 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 fun uh, great to hear all those techniques and um yeah it's it's a pleasure to talk with you about it and you get me thinking about a lot of stuff too that's really exciting so appreciate it yeah
0: so that's joe's fourth harmonica fundamental single notes and tongue blocking plus a couple of nice tangents along the way now joe and i are planning a special live online event about this series of podcasts It'll be an opportunity to revisit the themes and for you to ask Joe and I questions in a live online environment. To hear about the date and the details of how you can get tickets, you can sign up to my newsletter at LeeSankey.com or follow my page on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash blues harmonica lessons. In the next episode, Joe and I talk about the fifth and the last fundamental on his list, which is riffs, hooks, and songs. We hope you can join us for that. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can help by writing a review and giving it a rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can get in touch with your questions, comments and ideas by emailing info at leesankey.com. Once again, thanks for listening and I hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Replay. Until next time, keep well.